Okay, we stopped. We didn't get very far last week because we <laughs> dealt with here. Uh, verses 1 and 2 are so big in this chapter, it's just hard to even go past them. Wherefore, seeing you all comest about with so great a cloud of witnesses. This is the contest. Verse 1 is the contest. Verse 2 is the captain. Where it comest about with so great a cloud of witness, let it lay aside every weight and, sin, and the sin which so, does so easily beset us. And anybody out there proud about uh, not sinning, don't get too puffed up. And let us run with patience. One of the key words of the whole, whole Bible is the word patience. The race that is set before us. And so I'm still on that. I mean, I, I didn't get through it. Um, lay aside every weight. We've talked about what that can be. What, what are weights? What are weights? Weights can be uh, fun things. Weights can be fun things that take the place of God. It could be golf. It could be fishing. It could be hunting. It could be any, anything that takes the place of God. Now, it's not that God doesn't want you to have some fun and go hunting, fishing, and all that. It's fine. But it's got a place. It's got a priority. And where is God in your priority? See, it should be number one. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So, it's uh, Matthew 6.33. Is the key key passage and all the consistency of the teaching through Genesis one one to, to Revelation chapter twenty two last verse is all Jesus. It's it's the reality of the universe that God is number one. All He's asking us to do is to be convinced, or if I may say, to understand what the truth is. That's all God wants you to do. He wants you to know the truth. He said, the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from lies. Free from deception. Uh, what, what is the devil all about? He's about, he's, the Bible says in Revelation, he's the one that deceiveth the whole world. He's about, he's about calling good, bad, and bad, good. That's what he's about. And that's why you don't want to be doing that. Because when you start calling good, bad, and bad, good, then you become just like him. And, and, and really, Jesus said in 844, John, you're your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you'll do. In other words, you will call good bad and bad good. You'll justify anything. I've, I've been around people enough to tell you, when they want to do something, they justify it. They come up with the wildest reasons, and they're, they're going to do it. And it's good with it. And it's good. not only are they going to do it, it's good for them. And you're sitting there knowing that what they're doing is wrong. I've had people want to dump their wife and marry another one. And they will justify that. They will put reasons out there why they why that's a good thing. It's a good thing to do. That's calling good, bad, and bad good. Yeah. Oh, brother, that was good. That was so good. But don't let anything become number one. <clears throat> Basically, when you go on vacation, what's your main purpose of your vacation? Live for God. What's your main purpose when you go fishing? Glorify God. What's your main purpose when you go hunting? Glorify God. What's your main purpose when you fight fire? Glorify God. What's your main purpose when you plumb? Glorify God. In other words, you just put God number one. What will happen is, if you put God number one, then when you're plumbing, you'll meet a guy that needs God, and you'll be able to tell him about Jesus or something like that. And you'll find that God will use you in the midst of your occupation. He'll use you in the midst of what you're doing. If you'll just put him number one in your life. So anyway, uh, the, the weight, the weights are, are hindrances. I told you about the Olympic 
Olympic people, how they got to sacrifice so much, man. And then it says, and the sin would just so easily beset us. Uh, the word picture here is a loose shoelace. My mother was death on loose shoelaces. How many of you mothers were big on your kids not walking around with a loose shoelace? Yeah, you know, with a loose shoelace. Uh, drives me crazy at school. When I see a little kid, now I'm, I'm, I'm the administrator. I really don't have a whole lot to do with the day-to-day -day operation of the place. I don't want to. I'm more into hiring and firing and the finances and the, and the philosophy. And so, but once in a while, I see a little kid with a loose shoe. I say, stop, tie that shoe. And they look at me like, who are you? Just tie that shoe. Because that's what, it, that's what it means here. A sin that does so easily beset us, trip us up. Uh, that, that shoelace flings around. You step on the shoelace with the right shoelace. You step on it with your left foot. Down you go. You know, like flip-flops. Like flip. Thank you for the illustration, by the way. Like flip-flops, it does so easily beset us. That's the Bill Lytell translation. Um, they fling around and, and, and you fall on your face and hurt yourself. I think of a song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I loved. Isn't that really the way it is? I did a little stuttering right there. You know what I'm saying? Reminds me a little uh, wheelbarrow. That's Mason, I think. Lately, Mason's been stuttering. He's picked up some, ah, bah, 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 bah. and that's from getting whipped so much. He gets nervous. He goes, I, 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 I. When he does something bad and his dad comes up to him to whip him, he's going, I, 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 I felt that way myself. Don't wonder. Let us run with patience. So you know it's a contest. He's talking about Olympic. Uh, the Greeks were big into running, and the Romans carried it on. They were big into it. Man, everywhere you go, you got a Colosseum. Everywhere the Romans went, the first thing they did is build a gym, man. They built a Colosseum, place you could have art, and place you could have contest. You could see how long it took a Christian to die. Stuff like that. I, I think there's people in our country who would like to go back to that, by the way. And let us run with patience. Patience meaning uh, a, 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 it's your head down endurance. Patience is not fun. Patience is not a pleasant thing. Patience is chafing. You ever chafe? You ever chafe on something? Chafing is not fun. Chafing is when you just got to keep going, but you don't want to keep going. It's like when you're hurting, but you need to move forward. It's like when you're in trouble, but you just got to keep going. Your heart's broken, but you got to smile. It's chafing. He said, run with patience. The race, they've said before, every one of you in a race, Brother, Brother Scor just finished his race. <clears throat> he can't go back and change it. You can't go back and change one day, and you know you can't change a thing. So live today for Jesus. All you got's today, man. Live for day. Live today. That's what that's telling you. <clears throat> Give Jesus everything. Sorry for my hacking and my stuttering <clears throat> and whatever that was. But uh, uh, it's something. Focus. That's what this telling me. Look at the focus, verse two. Looking under Jesus. So we got the contest in verse 1. We got the coach in verse 2. And then we have a first word out of the chute tells us to focus. Looking. Looking. 
It's an interesting word, by the way. It is a word that has to do with looking away. So if I just said looking, you, you wouldn't know what it was to mean, looking. Looking away from the world. And there's Jesus over here, right? Looking to Jesus away from the world. So the, the word picture is looking away from the world. <clears throat> Nobody can be worldly and be right with God. Nobody can be a friend of the world and be right with God. That's just Bible. As There's no wiggle room in what I'm saying. This is Bible. Be a friend of the world is to be a what with God? Yeah, you know the verse. To be an enemy with God, right? What does the world mean? The, the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees? No. I'm not talking about the sunsets our brother gets to see, which I'm a little jealous of. I have had the sin of covetousness a little bit from Marty. Where Marty lives right on the beach, he gets those sunsets. No one person ought to get that much good. But anyway, God bless you. I'm, I'm happy for you, brother. Kind of. Yeah, you know. But I mean, uh, it's, it's something else. Yeah. So focus, 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 focus. Focus on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Who is he? Well, he's the author and he's the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. Makes sense, right? Just like the Bible says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the author and I'm the finisher. Uh, it's all started with me and it's all it's never going to end, but it'll end as far as this world goes with me. I mean, I'm discouraged about what's going on politically. You know, who, who wouldn't be? But I'm not too discouraged. Because the king is coming. He's not settled a score yet. The game ain't over. We're going to get the kings back. The king's going to come back. I, I, it, it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, To ye that are, tr ye that are troubled, rest with us. How do you rest with us? Oh, the Lord Jesus is going to come back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, that's mean, brother. I didn't write it. I just quoted it. In other words, it's God that wrote it. God tells you and I, look, you see injustice going on in your right hand and on your left hand that makes you crazy, makes you chafe, makes you hard. Look, you just rest in the fact that someday... The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Alpha and the Omega is coming back and he's going to right every wrong that's ever been done. He is the God of all justice and he will cause justice to reign over this place like the waters cover the ocean. Glory to God. Wake up, brother. Don't be sleeping on me. Even if you're 95, I'm not giving you any room on that. I told you. I told you he's shot. He used to work hard, now he sleeps. But he ain't the only one. I love you, brother. Please, please be merciful. Uh, when you when you talk to my dad, go good on me, man. Looking under Jesus, focus, focus. Um, I told this illustration a number of times because I don't have a better one. If I had a better one, I'd tell it. Uh, my dad, 1965. I remember the Buick Wildcat. Buick Wildcat. Oh, big old boat. Big old boat. 20 feet long. Had a, had a front chrome bumper on it. It went like this and then kind of went out into a, 
a, a point like this in the front. Now, my dad liked new cars. My dad liked new cars. And he bought a new car for a couple years or so. My mom cried every time he bought one. Every time. Oh, not another new car. He said, I'm having a new car. So he got a new car. And so he would, uh, he got a brand new blue, beautiful blue Buick Wildcat. Wow. He had a red one too, two door, two door red one. Wow. What a car. And so I said, Dad, I'm 15 years old, man, or 16. I said, Can I borrow your car? He said, uh, To my surprise, yes. This thing wasn't three, four months old. And I said, Oh, thank you, Dad. I'll do anything. I'll clean the house, wash the windows, mow the lawn. I'll do whatever. He said, You're going to do that anyway. I said, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give you this. He said, Now, I'm going to trust you. This is, your, this is a test for you. I'm going to trust you with this car. Now, you be good to this car. I said, Oh, Dad, you never believe how good I'm going to be to this car. So I stopped by Kim Remmel's house down the road on North Street. And I picked him up. And he and I went cruising the drag. Elkhart, Indiana, Elk has a one main street, one main street. And that's where all your cruise, your cruise drag, turn around, come back, cruiser drag, turn around. Going back, cruise the drag. It's a place to be seen. How many am I talking to here? Come on now. You old timers, God bless you. And I just thought, man, I'm going to go down there and the girls are going to see me. That's what I'm after. So I go on and we get the car and I get Kim Rimmel. He's happy, man. I mean, the interior on this thing is like, ooh. So we get in there. We cruise the drag. We're going down. I go past the Elko Theater. I can't believe I remember that. I'm clear right now. I'm having an awakening. Uh, Elko Theater. Wow. Elko Theater, and there was a movie playing there. But bigger than all that, they had a, back then, they, they, I'd never seen one before. They had a mannequin, a live cutout, a picture of Raquel Welsh. That was a full live cutout. Actually, I think it was bigger than life. But man, Kim Rimmel and I, we had the windows down, of course, because you know you want the windows down. You want to be seen, right? We looked over at that. Now, my dad, I was supposed to be focusing on the road. I had taken driver's training, and the guy told me, whatever you do, never take your eyes off the road. Keep them on the road. Don't look where else. Keep your eyes on the road. And Kim Rimmel and I simultaneously looked at Raquel Welsh go by. Boom! I smashed a GTO. I mean, that pointy thing went right into his trunk. And I got out of the car. I didn't hit the brakes. His car stopped me. And I mean, I got out and I was so, I, well, my life was over. My life was over. I got to go back to a Marine who just let me borrow his car and does a speed bag every day. And so I'm thinking, he's going to kill me when I go home. This guy's going to kill me, fat out. So he gets out and he says, he said, oh, I got 4,000 miles on this car. I wanted to cry too. So what am I telling you? I don't want you to forget this, looking unto Jesus. That's why I'm telling all that. Keep focused on the Lord Jesus and the things of God or you're going to rear end somebody in life. You're going to mess yourself up. 
Because what happens, to, and I just, I'm constantly somebody, I can't tell you who, somebody's really hurting. Well, there's a lot of people hurting. This person's hurting so bad. So bad. Because they've not been focused on Jesus. And they just, they just creamed the car in front of them. And now they're heartbroken. And now their world has collapsed. And now it's over. What's the problem? They didn't focus. They got out of focus. I don't question whether they're saved or not. This seems to indicate these people are saved. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Looking on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Of our faith. That's why I believe who he's talking to saved people. It's the author and finisher of our faith. Well, whoever wrote this was born again. The Holy Spirit wrote it, but I really wrote it through Paul or Apollos or somebody like that. And so he says, our faith, part of our faith. And he says it again. Uh, you know, basically, we, Jesus Christ is our captain, you know. He's the finisher of our faith. He's where the joy is set before him, endured the cross. So what he goes into is, is an example then of the Lord Jesus, how he succeeded. How did Jesus succeed while he was in human form? He kept his focus correct. Now, you can laugh at me, and you can mock me, and you can diminish what I'm saying. And you can say it, you can say whatever you want to say, but I've lived long enough, and I've been in the book long enough to tell you it's important that you come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and other, other special services, you know, missions conferences, and revivals, and, and are you if you need, because you need to keep your focus right. And what is our tendency to go out of focus? Our tendency is to go off the beaten, off the path. And so, I've known lots of folks who said, I don't need all that, I don't need to do all that. And eventually they come to me when they get in trouble. You know, they get in trouble. They may lose their woman, they may lose their man, they may lose other stuff going on, their kids, other stuff goes on because they were not a good example. No, no, let me say this. I'm not too hard on parents in this degree. You could be a perfect example to your kids and they could still choose to live for the devil. You know that. I mean, there's just too many examples in the Bible of people who lived godly that had horrible children. And, and there's also a lot of examples in the Bible that lived horribly and they had godly children. Figure that out. You go back and study Hezekiah. Tell me why Hezekiah loved Jesus. His dad, I think, was Ahaz, one of the worst people ever been before him. And Hezekiah was one of the best kings there ever was. Same thing with Josiah. I think Josiah's dad was horrible. I think his dad was Manasseh, but I'm not sure. So, quit blame. So, I'm not saying, our, first of all, our job is not to judge. So, I mean, I don't go around judging parents, whether they're good, bad, or ugly, or anything else. I'm just saying that you owe, you should stay focused, looking under Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, um, because he stayed focused, I need to stay focused, and if I, by the grace of God, we stay focused, then we're going to make it with the least amount of collateral damage. I said the least, because I don't think any of us get out of here without collateral damage. Uh, I wish I could tell you I've never failed, but it'd be a lie. I wish I could tell you I never disappointed somebody. 
in the way I live. But boy, that would sure be a lie. Starting with the people I work with. Well, I mean, maybe starting with my wife. The reason I don't start with her is because she knows me so well. I'm surprised she's still a Christian. Except she's a Christian because of Christ. And I'm a Christian because of Christ. And if my wife, I always said this, if my wife decides to go crazy and pick up with a 20-year-old, I'm going to say it was a stupid 20-year-old. But I'm also going to say, if she decided to do that, I still got to live for Jesus. I'm not going to let somebody else pull me off of the path that God's placed me on. Don't you let a wife, a friend, a relative, anybody, a preacher, a deacon, anybody, Pull you off of the path. Jesus never disappointed anybody. And he'll never disappoint you. But I guarantee you, some people will disappoint you because we do have feet of clay and we do walk sometimes off the path and we don't always have perfect patience and we don't always keep a good focus, right? I'm sorry about that. I am. I wish we were, I wish, I wish we'd be better. But I'm not going to let somebody send me to hell or make me mess up heaven because they decided not to do what was right. I want to do what what's right by the grace of God and follow on. That's what it's saying here, man. That's what this whole chapter uh, is really about. It says, uh, he despises the shame. What shame? He's a criminal. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's a beautiful thing, amen. So was Stephen. Remember Stephen when he died? He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God, Acts 7, 55, 56. Woo-wee. By the way, most of the time, anywhere we see Jesus, he's sitting on the right hand of the throne on high. But in the case of Stephen, he was standing. And people make some of that. I, I make something of it. I think it was welcoming Stephen as part of the deal. Sitting is a position of authority. It's a position of accomplishment. And he is... Right now, sitting in the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. But when Stephen died, he saw him standing, which oftentimes we want to take as, hey, a welcome. He was welcome. Come home. By the way, people that will die for Jesus have a special place. Special place. Bible says, be faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. God has a special place in heaven for people that are willing or and actually do die for him as martyrs. Special place. Now, I hope you've died symbolically. You know what I mean by that? In other words, you've been willing to die. Amen. You went out door to door. You said, somebody today may kill me, but I'm willing to die for Jesus' sake. Amen. You came to Gospel Baptist. You may get COVID and die by the grace of God. But if you did, you did it for the Lord. People do die. And I'm willing to die for Christ. When this COVID came out, I had to make that decision all over again. I figured, you know, I can hide in a corner or I can decide just keep going. And I'm just going to keep going. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.